Awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, you guys, this, this morning I have the incredible privilege to introduce uh, someone who's been very, very instrumental in our, in our lives and Tanya in my lives. And, and uh, this morning we are privileged to have Pastors Brian and Deanne here with us from LifeSpring Church in Abbotsford. Come on. They pastor a thriving, vibrant church in Abbotsford along with their four kids, Judah, Delaney, Carter, and Sawyer. Oh, come on. And we've got Carter and Sawyer with us here today as well, you guys. And I, just a little bit of background here. Pastor Brian Davis was the youth pastor at this church uh, back in the day. He grew up here. And also he moved over and he was our, our young adults pastor for Tanya and I when we were dating. I remember many wonderful meals at your home uh, when we were dating, kind of helped us to get together. And then Brian was really a mentor to me uh, and has been a mentor to me as I've been growing in my faith and in my relationship with the Lord as well. Guys, I am so honored to have him here with us today. He's a powerhouse man of God. Get ready to hear a great word and let's give it up for Pastor Brian Davis. Wow, man, I hope I can live up to that introduction. Thank you, my friend. Man, what an honor it is to be here with my family. And did I hear John's here, John? John, man, my, my pastor from days gone by. Man, I haven't been here for a few decades. And it's been a hot minute since I've been here. But man, it is so good to be back. Jim hasn't changed much. The rest of the building has. Jim hasn't changed much. My office was actually right up there. That was my office for a long time. And yeah, that's where it was, right up there. They put me in a corner away from everybody else. And uh, I'm just grateful, grateful for the, the years we spent here. I really cut my teeth on ministry here. Uh, seeing Lorraine Gibson this morning was really just beautiful to see her. And she uh, let us know she'd been praying every day for us. That's because she was here when I was a youth pastor and realized this man needs some prayer. He needs Jesus. So been praying for me faithfully and my family and our, our church. We're so grateful for you, for Bjorksy and her and the Moffies and Carla. Just a, I'm working here at the school when I was here. So many memories, so many moments in this building that I'm so grateful for. And it, it really is kind of bringing it full circle. You allow us to be here this morning and to speak the word of the Lord to you this morning. It really is a privilege. And I, I do want to just honor your pastors for a moment. This is a couple that my wife and I, our family, we believe in you guys. We are so, so proud of you. I'm emotional right now. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of the work you're doing. And I actually want, I have a word uh, the Lord gave me for you. Yesterday I was just praying for your church, praying for you guys. And I really uh, felt this. So I want to ask you guys to stand uh, this morning. We're just going to pray and get my wife to come around you. You guys don't have to stand. I'll just get them to stand. But you can stand if you want. But sorry, I was not clear on that. But I want to pray for these guys right here. Just felt like the Lord uh, gave me a scripture this morning even and uh, a word for you guys. And you can just stretch your hands towards this couple, your pastors. Uh, the, the picture I had yesterday, the Lord was just downloading to me. It was a picture of a truck, and it was a truck that was in uh, snow and weather, and the, the tires were slipping and sliding, and there wasn't a lot of traction, and it wasn't really getting to its destination very quickly. And all of a sudden in this picture, I saw the wheels just grab the, grab the ground and the, the, the truck lurched forward and began to move forward. And the word I felt from the Lord for, for you this morning 
is that you felt in this season, this not a negative, but you felt a little bit like your tires are slipping. You felt a little bit like we can't seem to get traction. We can't seem to get movement going. And I just felt like the Lord in this season is moving you into a new season where you're about to, your tires are about to grab and you're about to move forward. And the Lord's about to bring people into your midst. He's bringing leaders that you need. He's bringing the staff that you need, the people that you need, the growth that you need, the maturity that you need. He's bringing prodigals. He's bringing the unsaved. And he's about to bring them into this place. And I just see the Lord now transitioning you from a season where you felt like you're, you're moving, but it's not very quick. You're moving, but you're kind of sliding. And I just see your tires grabbing. The Lord moving you forward into this season, moving you into a season where things now are going to begin to accelerate. Your speed is going to begin to build. And things are going to begin to unfold in this place. As you have faithfully served, as you have faithfully given, the Lord, uh, I see the Lord saying that he, these, this is a trustworthy couple, a couple of integrity, a couple that can be built upon. And again, if you're new to this church, you, you, you need to put your life down, you need to put your roots down, because this church is going somewhere, this church is being built by the grace and integrity of the Lord. And I felt this scripture this morning from Zechariah, verses 8, verse 9. So cool that John's here this morning. I just really, it's awesome because this is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Zechariah 8 9. Hear these words. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. This is also what the prophets said who were present when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty. There's been a foundation in this house. There's been a foundation that has been laid for many decades, and I just see the Lord coming to strengthen your hands so that the house of the Lord would be built in this place. Lord, would you strengthen their hands to build their house, not only their hands, God, but their family and their children, Lord. God, you would strengthen the hands that are building the house of the this week, actually, just reading in my devotions, I was reading a story of the nation of Israel, and I felt like the Lord dropped in my heart, this is a word for Matt Tanyan for Life Church. And, you know, it's, we all know the nation of Israel, they're wandering around in the wilderness, and they get close to the territory that the Lord's going to give them, and they ask the nation of Edom, can we just pass through? Can we just walk through to get to our promise? And they were told no. No, we're going to, we will come and attack you if you try to do this. And that some of the people immediately had a reaction. Why have we even done this? Why have we even come here when we had this promise in front of us? And now it's just, it's no, we can't pass through. And they actually started talking about wanting to go back. But God actually kept them near that area. And they had to set up camp. And they had to camp around the presence of the Lord and stay close to the presence of the Lord knowing that there's their promise so close by, but they're not able to go into it. And, but a little while later, that was in Numbers 20. You fast forward to Deuteronomy chapter 2, and once again, they ask, can we pass through? And they say, yes. God was doing something that they couldn't see. They had to stay close to the presence of God, but here's what happened. The nations around them started to hear about their God and started to go, you know what? We better let these people pass through because God is with them. And I just believe there's been times where you've gone, God, we've tried. We've asked. We've, we've looked for leaders to come. We've looked for people to come and help us in this area or help us in that. Or we're inviting people and we're inviting. 
And the Lord says, stay close. Stay camped by the presence of the Lord. Keep growing. God had to do something in their hearts because they weren't ready for the promise yet, right? So he's getting all of us. He's getting all of you ready for the promise. And, uh, but there's going to be a time where you, once again, you try and you invite, oh, they said yes. Oh, the Lord's opened up this door. And it's not made necessarily because of what you do in the natural. It's what God does in the spiritual. There's something, there's something in, the, in the spirit that is happening. And right now the enemies are starting to tremble. They're still fighting, but they're starting to tremble because they're hearing about God's promise and God's word. He is the one who builds his kingdom. He is the one who builds the church. And there is going to come that open door, just like what Brian said, the tires are going to grab hold, and then there's going to be momentum, and he's going to bring the people that you need for leading, but he's also going to trust you with people that need to be pastored, that need to be brought close. And God, we just thank you for that word. And um, Lord, we take that word to our hearts. Church, I, just, I believe even as I've said that word that there's some of you here that have been believing for something. I specifically feel like there's someone here that's been praying about someone in addiction in their family, and you feel like I've asked and I've asked and I've asked again, and it seems like we're just hitting this mountain over and over, and that the Lord is saying, keep asking, keep believing, and he is going to make the enemies fall. He's doing something in his spirit that only he can do, but stay camped close to his presence. Don't run back in hopelessness. The enemy would want to speak hopelessness. Stay camped close to his presence in the hope of the Lord, and God is going to make a way to the promises that he will fulfill. He's given that promise. He will fulfill. Gary said it today. You've got to endure. You've got to endure. The promises are there, and he's going to lead you through to those promises. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Can you just put your hands together for your pastors? Tell them you love them. Okay, hold on a second. In our church, I have a saying, there's no golf claps in church. We don't do golf. So come on, put your hands together. Let them know you love them. Awesome. Well, again, we thank you. We honor. I don't need that. That's it. But you can grab it if you like. But it's an agenda from last week. So uh, I, I want to honor also Pastors Mike and Ev and Pastor John and just the ways you have also, honestly just believed in us and given us opportunity through these through these years of ministry. And I feel like I owe an apology to John for the early years of youth ministry. Just, I'm sorry. Just for everything I did where you looked like, oh, really? Why are you doing this? Apologize. Thank you for believing me. All right, if you got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Colossians 3. The time we have left, we're going to dig into the Word. And I do believe the Lord has given me a word for life, church. As I listened to your pastor so eloquently last week talk about revival in the church, and as he began to move through his message in his last two points, he talked about what revival is. Then he moved into a, a, how to sustain revival. And that's what grabbed my spirit. Because I'm not just interested in a visitation in a moment. Now, I'm grateful for Asbury Revival. I'm grateful for Jesus' revolution. Saw the movie, cried, prayed, God, do, would you do it again? I'm excited that the Lord is moving in these days. But I'm interested in something a little bit more. I'm interested in not just getting a touch for a moment, but I'm interested in being a part of a church and be a part of building a church that has a revival that remains. That's my title for you this morning. A revival that remains. Colossians 3 is where we're going to be this morning. I'm interested in the kind of revival that is sustainable. 
Not just one where I go get a touch one day and come back and I'm different. You know, a lot of times in revivals, you go to a revival on Sunday and you're dealing with rejection on Monday. You get a breakthrough one day and then you're broken down the next. That's not what I want. I'm asking the Lord, God, would you bring the kind of revival? Would you make me the kind of person, the kind of believer, the kind of revivalist that lives in a moment-by-moment revival in my life? Now, you might be thinking, is that even possible? Well, I would suggest that it is. And Paul helps us to understand how we're going to do these things. I'm going to actually read this quote that Matt referenced last week from J.I. Packer. I thought it was a really good one, and I think it's really important. Here's the, here's the quote. Revival is the visitation of God, which brings life to Christians who have been sleeping and restores a deep sense of God's near presence and holiness. Thence springs, thence. How many people have used thence this week in a conversation anywhere? Nobody. Thence springs a vivid sense of sin and a profound exercise of heart in repentance, praise, and love with an evangelistic outflow. Can I just say it this way? Revival isn't just about what happens to me. Revival really is about what happens in me and then through me. Revival isn't just the Holy Spirit coming down and touching me in a moment. Revival is the Holy Spirit coming to me, dealing with the things in my life that need to change, and then me walking from that moment and living in the grace and the mercy of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to daily walk out this revival in my life, to walk out the change that Jesus is instituting. Like I said, it doesn't do anybody any good if you go to a revival and you get a touch and you come back and you've still got the same bondage and brokenness in your life that you had the day before. I'm interested in being a part of a church and and building the kind of church where people that are coming in are being changed and that something is shifting in my life so that what God is doing in the moments when He does visit will not just be a distant memory, but will be my present reality. That's what I'm after. How many of you would say amen to that? Come on, we're going to walk this out in Colossians 3. Paul helps us right here in the Scripture starting in verse 12. Here's what he says. Therefore, as God's chosen holy people, or chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as one as members of one body, you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. How do we build a revival that remains? Well, I'm going to give you four thoughts this morning from Colossians 3. Four thoughts that I believe Paul brings out in this scripture that I believe is going to help us. And my prayer for Life Church, my prayer for you is that something this morning will begin to shift into your heart as we go through these four distinctives of a revival that remains. Here's number one. A revival that remains is built on the foundation of one another. You notice in this passage how many 
times Paul is talking about one another and he's, he's referencing uh, the, the idea of community, the, the reference of being together in community together. This is essential. That if we're going to build a revival that remains, we understand the importance of community, the importance of showing up to church. Now, you're all at church, so you've done well this morning. It's the people that aren't here that we got to get here. Is that there's this idea in the scripture, and it's all throughout Paul's writing, this idea that in order to really grow, we got to be in the context of one another. We got to be in the context of community and people. You know, there's this idea out there that says, hey, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. And people are deconstructing and they're walking away from the church because they got a little bit of church hurt because somebody said something they didn't like. Well, that might be a, a, an uncomfortable reality or a comfortable reality to suggest that you love Jesus, but don't you love church? But I'll tell you what, that's not a biblical reality. That idea didn't exist in the mind of Paul. If you love Jesus, you love his bride. If you love Jesus, you love what he's building. There's, in scriptures, there's this idea. Jesus had these three I will statements. He said, I will, uh, I will come again. He also said, I will send my spirit. And so between, between the time when he said, I will send my spirit and I will come again, he said one I will statement, and that's this, I will build my church. And so if you are engaged with the church, you are actually focused on what Jesus is focused on right now. He's focused on building the church. And you and I have the privilege of being a part of it and building with Jesus what he's building. We don't have the privilege of saying, hey, you know what? Pastor Matt said something mean to me, and he adjusted something in my life, and so I've got some church hurt, and so I'm going to leave. Well, I'm telling you, just about every person I know that walks out the door, something in their life begins to, because you move out from the church and it begins to come sideways and people come back after years and they go, I never should have left. I never should have left. No, you shouldn't have. Because it's in the context of community, whether it's uncomfortable, comfortable, doesn't matter. It's in the context of community. We grow, we change. Oh, this is not the message on revival that you thought you were getting. It's different. We have to remain together, stay in community. That's where the beauty happens as we grow together, as we say, as we encourage one another, as we strengthen one another, as we cheer one another on, as we prophesy over one another and pray over one another. That's how something begins to grow and shift in your life as you just, you just show up. You know, the prophets used to say it this way. You, you report for duty in the house of God. You report for duty in the house of God. And that something happens in the house of the Lord that can happen in no other place. And for Paul, that was a reality. It was the context of one another. Number two, it's built on a people that show up ready to give. A revival that remains is built on a people that show up ready to give. I think too often we think somehow, you know, the church exists for me. I've heard it a lot of times because, you know, I've been in ministry for a while, and I've heard people kind of walk out the door because they're not getting fed or, you know, whatever reason they, they would like to give. And we have this idea that when I show up to church, it's all about me receiving. Now, that's not necessarily a bad posture to take, but I would suggest that's really kind of entry-level Christian living. Entry-level Christian living is church is about me, and I come in, and uh, I, I want to know, is the, is the worship good enough? 
is the preaching good enough? Is the coffee hot enough? You know, is it free enough? You know, you, we're beginning to evaluate everything. Hey, the greeter didn't greet me in the parking lot, so I'm going to go to the church that where they do do that, you know. And we, we're always evaluating the impact that it has on us. Now, again, that's okay, especially if you're brand new. You're thinking, okay, I'm evaluating. It's fine. But the reality is that's entry level. That's kind of Christianity 101. And when you move to the next level where there's now beginning to be this flow in your life, it's when you begin to pour out what the Lord is pouring in. You know, it's the old Dead Sea analogy, right? Like there's no outlet for the Dead Sea. So you have to pour out what Jesus is pouring into your life. You come and receive, but then you turn around and you pour it out. And you pour it out and you pour it out and you serve. And what it looks like is showing up on a Sunday and going to Pastor Matt and Tanya and going, what can I do? How can I serve? Where can I get involved? You want me in kids? I'll go with kids. You want me in youth? I've never done youth. That doesn't matter. I'm going to do it wherever there is a need. We have a saying in our church, you serve in your passion, but primarily you serve where there's a need. And sometimes those things align, and it's beautiful, sometimes those don't, things don't align at all. You might have a passion for worship, but they need you in children. This isn't about you, it's about what Jesus is building. And, and I've found through the years, any time that I've said yes to something that made me feel uncomfortable, it actually, the Lord knew what He was doing in my life. The Lord knew. Imagine that. You know, like the Lord knew what He was doing in my life to move me from a place where I was uncomfortable or comfortable to a place where I was uncomfortable. The only way you begin to, to live and thrive is when you have this flow in your life of giving and receiving. And this flow in your life where you just have learned, I'm going to give. I'm going to give and I'm going to give. Wherever there's a need, I'm just going to serve. I'm going to serve. This is what, if you listen to verse 16 again, this is what Paul is after. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom. It's a one another. It's an each other. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I don't know if you have admonished somebody with a spiritual song lately, but it's biblical. Sing over people. Encourage people. Teach people. There's this one another focus that Paul is building. And it can't happen if you just come to church and you're just waiting to receive all the time. He's got to move from a place of receiving. If we're going to see this church grow, and I believe it will. I was, I've been in, back in the day, worship conferences where this place was filled. You know, we, did, we used to do plays back in the day. You know, Esther and all these things that we used to do here. That, that this place would be filled. And my prayer still to this day is, God, would you do it again? Would you fill this place again? Would you bring people that have been lost again? Would you pu- fill this place again? Let us open up the balcony again. Let us uh, have a revival in the sense where people are coming. And what that's going to require for from you. It's non-negotiable. What it will require from you is the desire and the willingness to just give and serve. Hey man, if I can do the coffee, if I can do the, if I can do, I can do, you know, I was here uh, for a number of years. I was a youth leader and then I was in youth ministry uh, for 14 years. Did a lot of great things, saw a lot of great things. We went on ministry trips. We went on places. We did things. And then we stepped out of ministry here and we went to another place just for a few years and, and God was leading us. And, and in that place, the, I, I kind of ascended the ladder to the open and lock up guy on Sunday mornings because that's what was needed. I was at Southgate for a while with Pastor Dave, and I just said, Dave, whatever you need. Do you need a youth guy? I've got some experience. He goes, no, I just need somebody to open the gate. And 
7.30 or whatever it was. I said, all right. It wasn't that I wanted to do it. It wasn't that I was like dreaming of being the open and lockup guy. It wasn't like, Lord, if I could just one day, if you would just allow me the privilege. No, it wasn't a dream, but it was what was needed. And actually, it was what was needed in my life, if we're going to be really honest, is what the Lord needed to do in my heart to humble me and break some things off my heart. But man, it, it required in me this, this desire to say, whatever is needed to build the church, whatever is needed to build what God is building, what Jesus is building in this hour. And so you show up, you ask your pastors, what can I do? Ephesians 4.16, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You've got work to do. This is you. You're showing up to be put on assignment is really what's happening. You're showing up to say, what can I do? Where's the need? How can we build? How can we grow? What can we do? Because God, I'm telling you, God is going to bring the people and it's going to require you. You're going to be leading you might have been here for a long time and you've never really stepped into leadership. You're going to have to. It's going to be required. You step into a place maybe that makes you uncomfortable for the sake of giving and building what Jesus is building. All right, so we're going to show up ready to give. Number three, a revival of remains is built on the people that show up ready to receive. Now, I know that sounds contradictory to point two, but just hang with me a little bit because that's not what's happening. I never said it was bad. I just said that's where that the priority of our lives needs to be giving. But you also have to show up ready to receive. You have to show up ready to receive. I believe when God shows up, we should show up with an expectation. You don't show up to church go like, well, I wonder how Pastor Matt's going to do today. I wonder if he actually prayed enough for this message. No, we show up with an expectation. God is here. He's going to move. He's going to touch people. Something's going to happen. It's why you need to be here every week. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't know how God's going to move. And so you've got to show up with an expectation, an expectation of what God wants to do in the church. And here's the great thing, is that when you give, you, can, you might show up and think, well, God, do you even see me? Can I tell you this? God sees you. He knows what you need. He knows what's going on in your life. And this is the place to receive. I've seen it time and again. Somebody shows up at a church discouraged. Somebody has a scripture. Somebody has a word. Somebody prays over them, encourages them, puts their arm around them. The enemy just wants to isolate you. He wants to get you alone. And that's why the first thing people do when they're really struggling with the Lord, first thing they do is they stop coming to church. Every single time. Well, really, probably before that, they stop reading their Bible and stop praying. But the next thing that goes is church attendance. Can I tell you, even if you're here today and you're struggling, and you feel like, I don't even know if I can make it to tomorrow. Don't stop showing up. Come with an attitude ready to receive. Jesus, you can meet me at the temple. You can meet me at the altar. You can meet me in the place of prayer. You can meet me where the saints are gathered. God, I just got to put myself in the community of believers because I know somebody, God, you're going to speak to somebody to pray over me. You're going to speak to somebody. And that we would come with an expectation to receive from the Lord and that God is going to do something great every time we gather. Somebody say amen to that one. Every time we gather, you know, I, I, uh, I, I don't like it when, I don't like the word normal. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of a, like a hot and cold kind of guy, uh, very passionate. You probably can pick that up. But 
even when people say, oh, it's just a, you know, if we don't have anything going on on a Sunday and it's just like worship and word and some announcements and they go, that's just a normal Sunday. I just, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, it's not a normal Sunday. It's never a normal Sunday when God is involved. Something might change in somebody's life today. Something might shift in somebody's world. Somebody might get a breakthrough today. Somebody might plant their life into the church today. Like, how could I even think it would be normal? What's happening? It's sad when we think that, like, the spiritual realm and the Holy Spirit and miracles and life change is just normal. God, I don't want to ever get to a point where it's just normal. I mean, in a a negative way, because I want it to be normal. I want it to be every week where that thing is happening, life change is happening. But it starts with me showing up with an expectation in my heart that God can do something great every time we gather. Here's the last one. It's built on a people intent on living for Christ. Verse 17, Paul ends his time. There he says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, there has to come a determination in our hearts. I saw this video on Instagram the other day where the guy said, man, it's hard being a Christian. It's hard. And I thought, yeah, sometimes it can be. It's hard to live for the Lord sometimes. It's hard to be intentional with the way I live. But something has to rise up within me. In the moments where God touches my life in revival and renewal, and the moments that God touches me, I have to, I, I have to put my life back into what, what God is doing. And what Jesus is doing is building His church. I don't want to get distracted from anything else. I don't want to distract. Our main purpose needs to remain. Even in times of heightened revival, our main purpose needs to be build disciples, preach the gospel, build the church. That's what Jesus is doing. That's what Jesus is doing. One time, they were on a mountaintop. Peter was like, Jesus, I want to just build a tent right here because I want to just stay on the mountain. And Jesus goes, uh, like, and then like all of a sudden, everybody's gone. And the next scripture, they're down in the valley ministering to people. And what that's always said to me is that we don't live on the mountain. We live in the valley. We minister in the valley. God brings mountaintop moments. But the rest of our life is lived out in this moment moment that where I have to have a desire in my heart and intention in my spirit. I will live for the Lord. Whatever I do, in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God, whether in word, whether in deed, everything I say, everything I do is for the Lord, is for the kingdom of God. I'm going to live my life with intention because people all around me are dying and going to hell and they need a Savior. And I want to live my life in such a way that if I can reach somebody today, if I can minister to somebody today, God, would you use me? I don't want to miss a moment because I'm distracted by my own sinfulness or lack of holiness or lack of discipline in my life. I don't want to miss a moment. I want to, I want to live moment by moment with Jesus. We have this thing we do with our children sometimes. You know, we drop them off at school. Or uh, My wife is really good at doing this. She always says, remember who you are. And then she'll drop a value in their life. Like, remember who you are. This is what you stand for. She's so good at it. And I think this is what Paul is doing at the end of this passage. It's like he's yelling, don't forget who you are. 
you're a believer. You're a Christian. You've got the authority of Jesus. I sometimes think we get, we get fearful because of what people think of us. But the reality is, is there's a, there's a, the enemy has blinded the minds of unbelievers. They don't see it. You see it. You have the hope of the gospel inside of you. And you need to live in a moment and live with this intentionality in our life that, God, wherever you take me, you can use me. Wherever, whether it's in a Starbucks, whether it's in Tim Hortons, I don't know which kind of side you, you kind of go on, but wherever we go, God, would you use us? And can, can I tell you, if we can live that way, be the kind of people that are intentional, live it out. Be the kind of people that show up ready to receive from the Lord and ready to give in the context of one another, I'm telling you, the Lord will build an atmosphere of revival in this place. If you show up every Sunday saying, God, what are you going to do today? Pastor Matt, I've been praying, and God spoke to me, and man, Matt goes, wow, that's what I'm preaching today. Wow, it's amazing, and God just shows up, and he starts doing stuff, and new people are coming to the church, and the church is growing, and now, now we've got to push the stage back because we've got to add more rows, and man, something begins to unfold. And now there's this momentum in the church of what God is doing. How many want to be a part of that? How many want to, come on, you want to be a part of that? Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray for you as a church. And I want to pray for you individually. That God would stir something in your heart in this season. Because the word that we had for Matt and Tanya is not just for them. It's for all of you. It's for this church. It's for you. It's for Life Church in this season. God is beginning to get some traction. And for you, that might mean, hey, like I've, I've, I've wandered around in my relationship with the Lord. And, and, and there's some traction coming with Jesus. And you're beginning to dig into your Bible reading and prayer, and you're beginning to be intentional about living for the Lord. Maybe there's something in you that's beginning to grab and stick as you begin to pursue the Lord. I don't know what it is, but I sense it in my spirit so strongly. God is about to do something in this season. Would you just lift your hands with me this morning as I pray? Just is it, put yourself in a posture to receive. If that makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. I'm a guest speaker. Your pastor can deal with it later. I want you to be uncomfortable. God wants you to be uncomfortable. God wants you to be stretched. Father, I pray for every hand lifted in this place today. God, I'm believing in this season that as our, as our tires get traction, God, you're going to do something significant in this place. God, the word that has come in this house many, many years, over many years, the prophetic that has been labeled over this house, it has not gone away. It is not cha- you have not changed your mind, Lord. You, you still have the same heart for Life Church, White Rock Christian Fellowship. You go back, Lord, to across the street when the church was planted by Vern Wilson. God, you go all the way back. The word that was true then is still true today. And God, we believe, God, that you've called every person in this place to be a part of what God is doing in this next season. God, we're going to live for you. We're going to show up ready to give. We're going to show up with an expectation of what God is about to do in the house of the Lord because you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And everybody that believed it now shouted a big amen to Jesus this morning. Amen.